Welcome back to Travel Day. This is our second episode on the podcast. You could argue it's our third. We just got done with a live show that will also be on our SoundCloud and the Spotify for KBV 97.5. So go ahead and check that out if you haven't. Um, this is uh, this is going to be pretty similar to last week. Um, today we've got obviously got the big one, the Iowa versus Iowa State game. Going to get real deep into that. Uh, tear that one apart, if you will. Uh, then we're going to preview Iowa and Iowa State's respective games uh, leading up this week which Iowa is against Western Michigan, and Iowa State is against Ohio at Ohio. Uh, well, then we're going to get into the AP Top 25. We're going to get a little bit into the Alabama and Texas game, which was obviously a great game, a lot of fun to watch. And we're also going to get into the Nebraska-Colorado game. Uh, we're also going to put our Game of the Weeks out there for anyone that wants to you know, know, wants to know what to watch this year, or this, this week, I guess. Um, and then we're going to get into our trivia segment at the end. So, uh, yeah, with, with that being said, let's just get right into it. Um, Iowa versus Iowa State, obviously um, a big win for Iowa. Iowa State fans, no one included, not happy at all. Not a, not happy one bit. <laughs> um, watching the game on Saturday, I thought no one was going to punch through the TV a couple times, especially when he got up angry. I was like, oh, no, there goes the TV. It's not my TV. It's his TV, so it would have been okay, I guess. But let's just get right into it. Recap, um, Iowa, Iowa State. Iowa won 20-13. We're going to get right into the Iowa se- uh, segment of this, portion of this. For me, uh, so we had a huge field goal block on the first drive for Iowa State. Um, that obviously came back to haunt Iowa State just a tad bit. Uh, they did lose by seven, but I think you can argue the momentum from that blocked kick for Iowa and you know the lack of momentum for Iowa State was huge early in that game. I think one thing that we can that I can uh, talk about is that Iowa did not score a touchdown in the red zone that first series, which I think has to happen. I think that would have made it obviously not as close of a game. Would have taken the pressure off the defense just a tad bit. But, you know, it happens, whatever. They scored a touchdown after that. Good run game for the first two possessions. After that, it was kind of awful. I really love Patterson back there over Johnson. I really do. I think he hits the hole a lot harder. I think he's more explosive. He did get tracked down by Tampa on that big run, 56-yard run, 51-yard run, something like that. 59. 59. Woo! So uh, Tampa was the only only problem of that. Otherwise, that's a touchdown, big touchdown run. Uh, but I do like Patterson a lot more. I think he get he I think he gets up field a lot easier, a lot better than Johnson. Johnson kind of dances a little bit on the sides, which I know I sound old, but I, I hate that. I hate when they dance and then they try to get by guys. I think Patterson just hit the hole a lot quicker than what yes, Johnson did. Exactly. I mean, once he saw a little bit of an opening, he just decided just to go right for it. So first, all first half timeouts was another thing that angered me. Um, we lost all of the first half timeouts for stupid, stupid reasons, okay? I think the first one was, I think the first two were because we didn't want to get a delay of game. So I'm not really sure what was going on. I don't know if it was loud. I don't know if we just didn't have a game plan after the first two series, which wouldn't surprise me. We used uh, timeouts for that, which can't happen. That's just, that it's inexcusable and pathetic. And if it was the second half, it would have put us in a really, really bad spot. I believe the last one was a 12-man on the in the huddle type thing, and they called a timeout before, apparently. That one might have been also a delay game. I think there was one where like they were confused on what formation they wanted to yeah. run. But I did see a, a clip on Twitter. It was from their last timeout. When they blew the whistle for the timeout call, there was no coach mm-hmm. near the referee. So I just, I just sure find it weird there. how Iowa can call a timeout when there's no coach signaling for timeout or running up to a referee to call a timeout. Uh, another thing, I kind of mentioned it a little bit, uh, the first two drives were great. 
Um, obviously, you wanted two touchdowns out of that, but you got a field goal and a touchdown, you got 10 points. However, after that, I think we had a negative yardage, negative yardage, and then a couple yards for our next three drives. Overall, those were the overall yardage for those three drives. That can't happen. I understand that they're probably structured those first two drives what exactly what they want to run game plan wise, but you've got to make adjustments and you've got to, you can't expect to beat these, these big teams. I mean, Iowa State is no schmuck obviously they played really well it's probably the best defense you're gonna play all year too and and you've got you've got penn state coming up in two weeks you've got other obviously a big 10 schedule whose defense is just as good you know most of the time so the west not not in the west maybe but still like you've got to get it going after two drives you can't sit on your laurels after you even if you do score two touchdowns you can't be content with 14 points well, I told you when we were watching the game, I said the big thing to learn about Iowa's offense is what are they going to do after the script's done? Mm-hmm. That's when you find out what a real team's true offense is, is when the script is out, what plays will they run to be able to move the ball downfield? I was really um, impressed with the defense for Iowa. Obviously, a, a clutch, clutch four and out at the end of the game, if you will, which I was expecting, and I was loving that. Really not a great play call. I'll get into that later. Okay, okay. Anyway, but not only that, but the um, – questionable interception by Iowa State. They wanted a flag thrown for P.I., for uh, pass interference. It was clean. I disagree. Give me that one. You guys beat us. Give us that. I I don't want to give you that because that was a bad call. Anyway, the next, what is it, two play? Was it the next play or the second play? It was the second play. Second play, pick six by Mr. Castro, and it was awesome, and I was super, super happy, and I got up, and I screamed, and I yelled, and I was like, yeah. Anyway, we loved that, so I really loved the... uh, the determination there, picking their offense up after that, uh, picking Cade McNamara up after that. Um, 3.4 yards per play for ISU at the half, I think, was huge. Uh, again, going to show how well this defense performed. Obviously, wasn't a super big fan of the TD late for Iowa State that made that a game at the end. I'm not really sure. I think it was Lee. Some I don't remember his first name, but one of our corners. I'm not sure what happened. It's like he fell down and then made – who was who was the uh, receiver? Uh, Jaden Higgins. It was Higgins. Okay. Higgins made it. I mean, it was a good catch. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna put that past him. I'm not really Give sure. Give him some credit. No, yeah, yeah. It was a good. He's a great receiver. He had a great game. I would. That's the only thing that Iowa's defense lacked a little bit was they couldn't stop the short pass for a good amount of the game. I'm not again not sure what happened in that touchdown, but it worked out. They got a four and out to end the game. It's whatever. We won the game. That's what matters. So, uh, we're gonna get right into Iowa State now, and I know Nolan has a good amount of points he wants to make, and he's very uh, upset. So go ahead. I'll start with the good things. Okay. Even though you might not find a lot of them, going back to Jaden Higgins, this was a big breakout game for him. He mm. didn't he didn't do much against you and I. I think he had one catch for 19 yards. Being able to put up eight catches for 95 yards in that late game touchdown against probably the best defense Iowa State will see all year is very big step for him. I like some things I saw out of Rocco. I think the bi- biggest thing was his maturity he showed. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think he looked more mature than actually Cade McNamara did at some points in the game. I I agree, even though I'm an Iowa fan. Yes. Yeah, I mean, when McNamara made some mistakes, mistakes it seemed like he got in his head more, like mm-hmm. he was yelling at himself. But when Rocco made a mistake, like he just went right back out there, like he forgot about it quick, or he just told receivers like, "Hey, on to the next one," type thing. I really liked how he responded after the pick six, too. I mean, able to go and drive down the field and mm-hmm. get Iowa State some points before the end of the half. Special teams, I thought, played okay besides for the blocked P8 or field goal. Um, but other than that, they played all right. They were serviceable. Going back to like the momentum thing you said earlier, when Iowa got that block kick, it was pretty much over from the get-go for Iowa State. I mean, Especially it, when Iowa puts up points immediately. Yes. yes. Yep. Even though it might have been a field goal, but it was still points. 
the defense I thought played really well. Um, I think they came out a little flat in the first in the first quarter. Mm-hmm. I thought they'd bring a lot more pressure in the first quarter, but they really didn't. I think they could get to McNamara with just a three down lineman. Obviously, that didn't work. Um, <laughs> but the red zone defense was really good, and that's what Iowa State really prides themselves on. I think they'll allow teams to go down the field, but once they get to the red zone, is where they will buckle down and hold them to three. Mm-hmm. Now. On to the things I did not like. It's a long list, is that you don't? Not a long list. It's just I might rant on a lot about some things. <laughs> okay. the, um, the first thing is um, the receiver struggled to catch the ball. <laughs> yes. Um, yes which, did. with a young, inexperienced quarterback like Rocco is, receivers dropping passes mm-hmm. is not a good thing for his confidence or the rhythm of the game in general. I think the big. I think Iowa State ended overall with seven or eight drop passes, mm-hmm. which is way too much. And half of those were from Jalen Knoll, who was a veteran on this receiver core. Well, you expected him to be the next. Uh, what's his face? The receiver. How did you say? Uh, I, no, I thought I said Higgins. Was no, I know, but I'm saying on the broadcast they said they wanted him to be the next. Yes, what's his face. The, he's the veteran. He's been there the longest, so you would think that you could trust him to go out there and catch. What's the his ball. name? Their last receiver. Hutchinson. Was it Hutchinson? Xavier Hutchinson? Oh, yes, 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 yes. Xavier. Okay, sorry. Clearly, um, I'm not an Iowa State fan, so I'm sorry. But, I mean, I think the biggest thing was the play calling overall. Mm-hmm. It was a lot like Iowa's. It was kind of weird. And the the way you got to beat Iowa is you don't play like Iowa. Absolutely not. Iowa and Iowa State are very <laughs> similar any, teams when you really look team. at it. They're very similar. But in order to beat Iowa, you can't play their game because Iowa is just so much better at playing that game than anybody else's. Mm-hmm. It seemed like they had handcuffs on Rocco. To get him more experience, he has to make more mistakes because he fell into a long, a big, long rhythm of just check downs, check downs, check downs. And I think that's what led to the pick six. He just fell into the rhythm. If he saw that first read check down open at any point, he would throw it to it. I think mm-hmm. he just fell into that rhythm, and Iowa's really good at picking up if a quarterback's falling into the rhythm. And the, I think that is what led to that. One pick of the six. best DB cores in the nation, so you're not going to get that past him. I will agree. I think he wasn't. Going through his progressions after a while, I think he was looking for that check down every time because that's what was working. And I think Iowa, you know, Castro made a great play on the ball, finally stopped them from throwing a short pass, although they continued to do it later in the game, which infuriated me, but whatever. And I don't think we've been able to see the full skill set of Rocco yet just because I think they have a lot of restrictions on him. Mm -hmm. To be able to see what he can do, you have to let him go and try and do things. There was multiple times in the game where they could have ran a read option and it probably he probably could have ran for five yards, which would have worked perfectly fine because the whole time Iowa, whenever they ran, they mm-hmm. always Iowa State always does the fake yep. like read option. The quarterback always rolls out to act like he's got the ball. Iowa never followed Rocco once. No. They always went right after the running back and it showed. Iowa State had two point eight average two point eight yards rushing the entire game. They just any time that there was a handoff on the backfield, Iowa was immediately going for that running back. And I think if even if Rocco would have taken it out of the guy's hands two or three times in the game, that's an extra 15 yards per play, 10, 15 yards per play. And you have to put that in the mind of the defense. You have to say, oh, he's a threat to scramble. Mm-hmm. Or he's a threat to be able to get design reads and run like that. Yep. Iowa State with Brock Purdy, they like to do the RPO. I think you got to find a guy. Rocco seems to be the guy to where they can run an RPO. But we didn't see any RPO options at all whatsoever in that game. Iowa State's going to have to show a lot more offenses improvement next week in order to get some reassurance from the fans. I would agree. With that being said, we're going to get right in 
to next week's matchups. Again, Iowa going up against Western Michigan, Iowa State against Ohio. So we're going to start with Iowa. Obviously, Western Michigan should not be that big of a threat. Neither should Ohio for Iowa State, obviously. But You might reach the 25-point mark next this week. I hope so. Um, <laughs> yes. Brian Ferentz is still, um, still behind on that. Way uh, behind. He needs 325 on the year, and he's got 44 right now. So yeah. he's got a long way to go. I think this is, but I think not only that, you know, for Brian's sake, but I think for this offense's sake, I think this is a great chance to see what you're made of against a defense that I'm assuming won't be super amazing. You can do your 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 scripted two series, whatever, and then you can start to maybe hopefully get those touchdowns, obviously, but then try to like, I don't want to say experiment, but see what you've got. I mean, send the ball, see what Cade McNamara can do with his arm. Send some, a couple more, some more guys on a go routes, whatever. Get some deeper passes. See what you, you're capable of as an offense, because you're going to get right into a, a, a tough game at Penn State the next week. And if you've got those plays in your back pocket, that can be the difference between a win and a loss. So I think that'll be huge for them. I think the defense, it's going to be a, uh, I don't know, <laughs> a ball hawk day maybe. Maybe see a bunch of interceptions. I don't know. Just kind of tuning up anything that they need to do. I think you're going to see some some second string guys get in there. I think that'll be good for them, especially in that DB position. They need the experience. I don't expect this to be a good game. I think Iowa. If if, if I'm Iowa, obviously you know Brian wants to put up 25 points per game or whatever. You got to be looking. I think to put up at least 35. Obviously, you'd like to see more than that. Um, I wouldn't really necessarily be worried. I know Kirk's a he's a good dude. I wouldn't really necessarily be worried about running the score up though I think you gotta try to score as much as you can prove that your offense can do can do good work but again shouldn't be a good game I don't really have any keys to the game for this strictly because it should be a slaughter it shouldn't be a good game um, I think you just let Cade McNamara do what he wants to do after those first two series and you let him control the offense and you let him put the balls in the hands of his playmakers so that's really all I've got for that game I think this game is a chance for Iowa to put some things in Penn State's mind of things that they could do. I'm going to say they're going to do it every week. But, I mean, show some different looks mm-hmm. just to get them thinking a little bit. Yeah. If you don't, it's going to be really hard to score against Penn State. 100%. You have to get Penn State thinking on the next week. I'm not saying, like, look towards next week. I mean, you still got to do the job and beat right. Western Michigan by a lot. Yeah, I would agree with that. Penn State's they play each other a lot, not every year, but a lot, majority of the years. So they know, you know, each other pretty well. It's usually the big name they right. get out of the other I, side I think of the conference. That, I think that some plays that they haven't seen before will be will be huge, and you can practice that this week against Western Michigan. Moving uh, on to Iowa State, unless you got anything else to say about Iowa. I don't. I don't. I don't. Right. No. Iowa State is at Ohio this weekend. A lot of Iowa State, Iowa State fans are kind of scared about this game. Ohio early on lost a quarterback in their first game to an injury, and a lot of a lot of fans thought they Iowa State would miss him, like he'd come back after the game. But he's, he's coming back this week. Okay. And Matt Campbell even said himself, he says their quarterback is probably the best quarterback they've played so far. Mm-hmm. I mean, he said that about every quarterback, so I don't <laughs> really know how much to get into it. I mean, a lot of people said you and I's quarterback was the best quarterback in the state of Iowa, and I think he's thrown five picks total so, well, already. He said that about Ohio? So he's, Ohio. Saying, he's saying Ohio's is better than Cade, Cade McNamara. We'll see. That's a stretch, Mr. Campbell. But I, I, but I think every coach says that. From Whatever. what I from what I've like Whatever. read and seen, he's actually a really good quarterback. Okay, he's he's a good Mac quarterback, I should say. Mac, yeah, we love we love some action, baby. Yeah, I I still don't expect Ohio to score a lot of points. I mean, Iowa State blew them out last year, but still that was with an offense that was able to push the ball downfield. So mm-hmm. 
I mean, Ohio is averaging 350 total yards of offense, which is a lot. It is what it is. It's a MAC team. I don't think they've played anybody good. I was going to say, they they are 2-1, and one, so I'm kind of interested to see who their other games were. Because, I mean, if they're anybody good, I mean, I doubt they're good with, with what you said. But if they are any good, I would think um, that they would maybe. They lost to San Diego State 20-13. to 13. Okay, and then they beat Long Island seventeen to twenty-seven to ten, and beat FAU seventeen to ten. Well, FAU's not horrible, are they? No, I don't think so. Okay, so I mean, I'm not gonna say it's a trap game by any means, but I'm saying that they could give you a, at least a little bit of a, a game, at least early. I think I think that'll be big for Iowa State overcoming some things. You know, they might make a mistake here and there, and I think this is a good opportunity for Rocco to get some more, obviously, some more experience, but just trust himself a little bit more, and hopefully that'll lead to the OC trusting him as well. Yeah, the biggest thing is Iowa State needs to get the running game going. Um, the offensive line hasn't hasn't been able to get a push for the run game the past two games, which will help Rocco a lot lead the pressure. I mean, Rocco had to throw the ball forty four times against Iowa. That mm-hmm. is not what you want to do with an inexperienced quarterback like he is. Yeah, you want him to throw the ball maybe twenty five to thirty, be able to get to that hundred rushing yard mark with your running backs. But this will be a good game just to. I would say he needs to open up the playbook. I yep. mean, they, like I said earlier, they need to show some drastic improvement in the play calling just to get the reassurance back from the fans because the fans were not happy with the play calling <laughs> last week. I mean, it showed with all the backlash they got for running it on fourth and one. I know what it's like to be an Iowa fan the past couple of years. I expect Iowa State to win this maybe by two scores. I think it'll be close early, but once they get to the second half, I don't think Ohio will be able to score points. That's when Iowa State's defense is the best is in the second half. A lot of experts think it'll be a close game. I mean, ISU's only favored by three. Oh, wow. Which is, I just don't agree with. I think they win by two touchdowns. I agree with you. I would say it's, it's going to be two or three, yep. I think this might be game two where we'll see hopefully more of J.J. Cole. Yep. I mean, last week the Nate Shieldhouse said we'd see both quarterbacks. We didn't see Cole once, so. That doesn't surprise me. It doesn't I, surprise me either. I wouldn't have put Cole out there in that situation. Yeah, but this will be a real test for the offense to see if they – We'll actually be able to get things going and moving before they go and play Oklahoma State, who is a very subpar team, but still on Iowa State's level at this point. We're going to get into the AP Top 25 of college football. We saw a little bit of movement here and there this week. Texas up to four which I believe is their highest AP spot since 2009. Is Texas back? I don't know. No one doesn't think so, but I I, I just don't, don't think Alabama – I think Alabama's overrated. I, I would agree that their quarterback did not look good, but I am still – I still think Texas is legit. I think Ewers had some great plays. Um, he had some really great passes, and uh, his defense backed him up. So that was also huge. The big movers this week were, of course, Texas, up seven spots to number four. Ole Miss moved up three spots to 17. Colorado moved up four spots to 18 after their win over Nebraska. And the new teams into the AP poll are Miami after they beat – who did they beat? They beat uh, Texas A&M. Texas A&M, that's right. That's a big win for them. And that dropped Texas A&M out of the rankings as well. Mm-hmm. Um, Washington State up to 23 after beating Wisconsin. That's a really good win for them. That was a huge, them. huge win for them. From what I saw, I really liked their quarterback as from what I, I saw. Mm-hmm. Um, UCLA is in there at 24. Yep. And then, of course, and then <laughs> Iowa's back in there Iowa at 25. Iowa 25, baby. Let's go. <laughs> we can say we're in the rankings, okay? Do I think we do, we deserve that? Not really. I don't no. think we've shown that we're a top 25 team. But no. who I knows? still think Clemson is better than you guys. I still think Clemson doesn't deserve it after these last couple of weeks. So I don't either, but I'm just going off with teams that are better than each other. I guess, but yeah. still. So those are pretty big. Not a whole lot of movement 
I mean, there's movement, but there's not as much as maybe the first week. Georgia is still at that number one spot. Michigan, number two. Florida State, three. Texas, four. USC, did USC move? Yeah, they're five. They're one. Okay, yeah, one up, one to one. five. That'll be, I think that's huge. I think USC is very, very good. Caleb Williams is really, really, really good. And uh, that's after his Heisman year last year. So Penn right now State, he is on pace to repeat. Penn State at a seven? Is that what that said? Penn I mean, State they were a seven. seven but yeah, they I mean, they move. were seven last week, but yeah. still, that's way higher than I thought. Uh-huh. They were. Notre Dame's in the top ten at number nine. They moved up, or I should say they moved up a spot in the top ten. They're at number okay. nine now. Alabama dropped that ten spot. Um, Tennessee dropped out of the top ten to number 11. Okay. From what I've seen, I, th- I don't think a lot of people are impressed with them. I th- they think mm-hmm. the quarterback isn't as good as they thought they were. Yeah, he's got a big arm, but I don't think he's very accurate with it. We kind of touched on that Alabama-Texas game a little bit. Like I said, we were impre- I was impressed by Texas. I really, really was. I definitely thought Alabama was going to run away with this game early. I thought it was going to be a, a two-possession win for Alabama, but it was actually the uh, other way around. Texas with the 34-24 victory. That was huge. I was very, very surprised by that. I even told a Texas fan we have on, on our team that I thought that Alabama was going to destroy him. And he kind of laughed in my face that night, and that's fair. I deserve that because I I doubted Texas, and it might be a a horns-up kind of year, so we'll see. Nope, it's always horns down. If you're a Big 12 (laughs) fan, it's always horns down. He really really does not. Nolan does not believe that they are back, and I say they're back. We'll see when they get to Big 12 play. I think the real Why test, would I think the real test to see if they're back is that game against Oklahoma. Okay, I agree with you on that, but other than that, what what else do they have? A Big 12 wise. That's like, oh, and you think Iowa State's going to beat them, but that's Iowa State is going to beat them. Okay, whatever. They're going to send them packing. That's the last game of the regular season for those teams by the way. So that's a ways out, but um uh, second to last, not the last. Is it? I thought second it was last. last. No. Okay, never mind, it's second to last. Unfortunately, we won't see that for a while either way. Other game that was uh a little bit, not shocking by any means, but interesting, nonetheless, was Nebraska-Colorado. Nebraska put up more of a fight than I thought they would. I'm not going to lie to you. Nebraska's defense shut down Colorado for a good chunk of that first half. I mean, obviously, second half, Colorado kind of ran away with it. Obviously, there was a lot of controversy and stuff between the two teams before the game, apparently, that came out later um, with uh, Nebraska being on the Buffalo's logo before the game, and that did not sit well with Shador Sanders. He had a nice flex, though. Yes, I guess. There was it. a Nebraska player kind of getting in his face, and he just showed him this really he, expensive watch. I, I, okay. I was like, okay. All right, anyway. But, yeah, uh, Shador Sanders, another great, great game. That guy is obviously on Heisman watch. He has to be. He's up to uh, how many? Seven, 800 yards already? He's third in passing right now. He's overall. third? In passing. Who's right. in front of him? That's a good. That's a, actually a good question. Oh my gosh! Um, that guy has been doing nothing but passing. And uh, he's Hawaii's third. quarterback. Uh, never mind. He's second. Hawaii's okay. quarterback's above him. That makes sense. Hawaii, okay. is, Hawaii just, is just uh, there. they just throw the ball wherever they want. Right, that's fair. Okay. Shador is at nine hundred and three William, passing yards, and Williams is behind okay, him at eight seventy eight. Okay. So I think Shadar will be in the front spot by the end of the year for sure. But yeah, that's. I think that was a good game, at least for the first part. Obviously, I hate Nebraska, so I was great that Colorado ran away with it, and I'm actually a big fan of Dion. So I was really happy with what Colorado did on that field. That's exactly what they should have done. They should have won that game by three touchdowns, and they did. So who does Colorado has Colorado State, obviously not a huge game, but then they have Oregon, which we talked about earlier. So I'm excited for big things from Colorado here down the line. So The, the true test will be when they get to conference play because mm-hmm. their first two conference games are at oh, Oregon, uh, and then they host USC. I did not. I thought USC was later. That's wow. Okay. Yeah. So they're gonna get right we'll, into we'll it. We'll see the the true test of how good that they really are. We'll they've see been, if the defense uh, can keep it. Right. I they've say. been uh, they've been you know dipping their toes in the water with the first two games. TCU, Nebraska. Obviously, Colorado State will be a breeze for them, and then they get thrown right into the fire with Oregon, USC. So I think that'll be 
a huge testament. Even if they lose both those games but play them close, I think that's a huge testament to what they've done already this year, what they have the potential to do the rest of the year. I think Shadar Sanders versus Caleb Williams is going to be awesome. I'm actually really excited for that, that game. That will be a really, I think, a really high-scoring game. Oh, yeah. Both defenses Definitely. can't really control the pass game. Mm-hmm. I mean, Colorado's got Travis Hunter over there, but that's just one guy. Yep. So We got game of the week for you guys. We each have one, and we're going to tell you a little bit why it is our game of the week. So, Nolan, you can start it. Well, with this is week three, and I was looking through the slate of games we got, and there is just not a lot of good games. Mm-mm, not I mean, even ranked teams wise. I mean, I, there's no ranked on ranked matchup. Nope. In my mind, the game of the week is a good old rivalry. It's Pittsburgh is at West Virginia. Okay. Um, watching that game last year, where it was at Pitt, that mm-hmm. was a really good game, and then mm-hmm. Pittsburgh pulled away with it. But who doesn't love a good rivalry? Yeah. I mean, and I th- this one seems to be where. Both fan bases just absolutely hate each other. They don't want anything to do with the other one. So I think this will be a good game to start, but then I think Pitt still pulls away at the end. I agree with you. I think that's going to be a very fun game to watch. It's one of the only great games I think there's going to be this weekend. But, yes, I agree with you. Pittsburgh, I think, has the edge in that one. Uh, my game of the week is the SEC matchup of Tennessee and Florida. The reason it I said this is because they're at Florida. Tennessee – we, we mentioned hasn't necessarily looked super impressive. They are ranked 11th in the nation in the AP Top 25, but I think Florida might be a trap game in Gainesville. So it'll be a really fun matchup, I think. I think Florida has a lot to prove after these first couple games, and I think that they're going to be itching to get after Tennessee. And I think that, I mean, what have we got? We got a 54 and 45% on the, on the predictor from ESPN. So I think it's going to be a really good game. And I think, uh, like I said, I think it could come down to the wire. So. On the live show we just did, and we we did a little pick 'em segment, and he picked Florida to win this game, and I just I that's something I just don't agree with. I think Florida is just not very good this year. Mm. I mean, they they struggled with Utah, and then they didn't look very good against Utah, I should say. And yeah. then Utah goes and struggles with Baylor. Mm-hmm. So how bad is Florida? To, I think to they where, had a rough two weeks. That's all I think. I think that they I think they're like okay, this is ridiculous. We need to get after Tennessee, and I think they're gonna do it. I do think I think Florida might pull this one out. I'm not saying they're going to, but I'm saying that you shouldn't write them off just because they haven't had a great two weeks. I think they they have a shot to prove themselves here this week. So this game was also a chance for Tennessee's quarterback Joe Milton to mm-hmm. prove some things here. Yep, and show and this good opportunity for Tennessee. They need to blow Florida out of the water to gain that respect back that they lost. This is going to be our last segment, our trivia time, if you will. So what we're going to do is uh, every week or every other week, whatever we decide, we're going to have five questions of trivia, and each time we're going to trade off asking each other the questions. We are going to keep score on this, and so you get a, you only get a point for, for getting it right, so that way you don't ask super hard questions. Like, you don't get a point for the other person not getting it right. That's just unfair. This week, no one is going to start with the questions, and I'm going to try to answer them. This could be amazing or it could be horrible. Let's find out. Nolan, what do you have? All right. The first question is, which team has the record for the longest winning streak oh, in the boy. history of college football? Oh, my goodness. We're off to a rough start here. That's a tough one. And I think it's going to be somebody stupid. But I gotta th- I'm got i going to go with Alabama. No, it is I knew Oklahoma. It. I knew it. I knew it. Okay, that's not as bad as I thought. I thought that was going to be somebody like... Super low FBS team or something stupid. No, okay, that's no, fair. It was All a right. true blue blood. Okay, fair enough. Right. That's fine. Okay. I'll Next question. Unfortunately. Which team has the record for the longest losing streak in college? Oh, my gosh, dude. See, that one is also hard because it could be a lot of teams. Longest losing streak? Does it give you the years? Or? No. That's unfortunate. I would love that. 
Man, Ugh, dude, I don't know. This could be a lot of teams. Like, a lot of teams have been really bad for a very long time. I'm going to go with, um, I don't know. Can you give me a hint? Um, you know this team. Oh, that's not a great hint, but okay, whatever. Um, you actually know them pretty well. Oh, I know them pretty well. Just think historically bad teams that you know pretty well. I'm giving you two, way too many hints for this, but I way. doubt it, because I'm still getting it wrong. Northwestern? You're right. Yes! Let's go. Okay, that's huge. Because if I, after those hints, if I would have gotten it wrong, that would have made me look real bad. So, yeah, Northwestern is not a good football team. You know, it's okay. Nope. I don't know if they ever will be. Well, how long was the streak? It didn't say. Oh, I'm going to have to look that up. All right. This one's pretty recent. Okay. What is the highest number of overtimes played during a college football game? Nine. Seven. What? Seven. I could have sworn there was a nine not too long ago. Nope. You're probably thinking of that LSU game that went long. The reason why they changed the overtime rules to the two-point conversion. That was only a seven. That was seven? Yeah, it was only seven. Dang it. I was so confident in that, too, and that just didn't... Okay, well, all right. Fair enough. I was close, I guess. All right. You should get this one. Should and will are two different things. Which two college football teams play during the Iron Bowl? Oh, my gosh, dude. No. Oh, no. Oh, no. I can't remember if it's that one or that one. Oh, no. Is that Auburn, Alabama? That was right. Yes, okay. I was between that and Oklahoma, Texas. I couldn't remember. Oh, my gosh. You you thought way too hard. I did, but dude, this is one. there's a lot of pressure on this. I don't think you understand. You'll you'll learn when I start asking questions. The level the adding the competition to it makes it hard. I know. That's just this is stressful. All right. The last question. Which college football coach has won seven national championships and is considered the greatest college coach of all time? It's gotta be Nick Saban. Yeah. Okay, I was gonna say if it's not, then I'm just gonna quit. Okay. So three. Three out of five. It's not a bad start. It's not a bad start. That's okay. Uh, I will have the questions for Nolan next time we do this. Uh, we don't know if it'll be next week or the week after, but we will. Uh, you'll obviously, you just have to tune in to find out. So uh, this has been episode two of Travel Day with Nolan Faber and Jackson Van Pelt. We thank you so much for listening. We will see you next time. Yeah.